Hey, Brian. Hey, John. How are you? I got to tell you, Brian, I um, I actually had a look back on the, I don't know, 40-something Culture Shock podcast episodes to see if we ever did one about collaboration. And I can't, I can't believe we never did. I mean, I mean, it came up here and there, but we never dedicated an episode to this. I know. I was actually thinking <laughs> the same thing when, when when this first came across. I was yeah. like, you know, we have to have covered that. But you know what? <laughs> hey, better late than never, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good point. <laughs> Plus, I, I think it's I, I actually think it's perfect for this show anyway because I I, I really do. Th- I, I think this one's a. I think it fits better as a forever skill. Yeah, I, absolutely. I I completely agree with you, and and it'll be interesting to see what our guest has to say about that for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah actually, good segue. Um, we actually <laughs> have a, a great guest for this one, and that's Francesca Gino. Hey, Francesca, thanks for coming on and to uh, chat with us about this. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. So, in in the way of a little bit of background, Francesca is an award winning researcher who focuses on why people make the decisions they do at work and how leaders and employees can have more productive, creative, and fulfilling lives. She is the Tandon Family Professor of Business Administration in the Negotiation, Organizations, and Markets Unit at Harvard Business School and the author of a a few books, most recently of a book called Rebel Talent, Why It Pays to Break the Rules in Work and Life. I love that. We actually found her through a Harvard Business Review article that she wrote called Six Techniques for Sustained Collaboration. So, I mean, if she can't help us with this, nobody can. But all right, Francesca, let's start with a, a question that might seem a bit obvious because I think there there are a lot of people out there talking about the benefits of collaboration, but we still want to hear it from you why it's so important. In other words, what are the benefits of collaboration for an organization, but even more specifically for an individual? It is a great question, especially in the type of world that we live in today. There is a lot of evidence that when you consider complex problems, problems that require different people coming in with different views, putting their heads together, working through their ideas as experts, that you end up generating better ideas, that you are able to solve more complex problems. One of the pieces of evidence comes from professional services firms. And this is research that a colleague of mine at the law school conducted for many years now. And she has beautiful graphs that shows that (laughs) as you add a unit of diversity in terms of other experts working on a problem and helping a client, you generate a lot of revenue for the firm. And you might say, well, maybe that's obvious. But what's interesting about this work is that the added value is not linear. So it's not the fact that you add an extra unit uh, or an extra group uh, from different experts and you just have the equivalent value of the first one, it becomes an exponential growth. And so from the standpoint of organizational benefits, the research is super clear. Mm. But also, it is clear at the individual level. When we collaborate, our ideas get challenged. We get to learn about different perspectives. And we ourselves get to learn in a way that is beneficial to our work or even to collaborations in the future. So the research is clear, but 
as you too probably already know what uh, common sense or known in research is definitely not common practice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, John, this is kind of interesting, though, because, I mean, think about this. You and I talk a lot about uh, diversity of thought yep. and the importance behind diversity of thought and the, the concept of a perspective being challenged. And we've talked in the past about curiosity, mm -hmm. right, and being curious um, because curiosity is sort of that piece that sort of engages people to, to, uh, to think differently, mm -hmm. right? So I, I love that. Um, that, that explanation and that definition of, of why it's important. But Francesca, obviously this show, right, is called Forever Skills, which means we're considering collaboration a skill and not just a skill, but a skill that really will never become obsolete, even if robots take over <laughs> and everything is powered by AI and, you know, all the metaverse or whatever, right? Uh, but do you think, actually, we're correct in calling collaboration or skill and even a forever skill for that matter? I love that you're calling collaboration a skill. All when right. I think yeah, exactly. Go. All right. I, Check I, that box. High five. Take that. <laughs> and the reason why I love that is that in a lot of my conversations with executives or leaders in organizations, it's often talked about a value, a value that you see in a mission statement or somewhere printed on the walls in the organization. And <laughs> right. I'm not saying yep. that that is bad, but often what that comes with is the thinking, the belief that that is enough, that somehow if we have collaborations or collaborative in our value statement, all of a sudden we're gonna see people actually be collaborative in their work and i say collaboration is not a value to instill it's a skill uh, to train for and to strengthen in every single individual in the organization so i love that you're calling it a skill and i also love the fact that you're calling it a skill that is needed forever Okay, so so let's let's stay with that for a second because yeah, you're right. Let's stay with the fact that you're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's stay right there. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't happen often We're for done. John and I. So. <laughs> no, but seriously, when we call something a skill, though, it also implies levels. So, in other words, you know, you might be really good at it and have a high skill level, or you might need some help building it because you might sit a little bit lower, sort of, on that skill level. So, I'm wondering. Is there any way to know where we stand or actually for us to measure our collaboration skill level? And, and as an example, maybe there are formal things we can do, like you know, take some type of an online quiz, or maybe there are more subtle things um, that we keep an eye on, like cues from coworkers and things like that. Are there those things? Can we measure collaboration and that skill level? I would say yes. The way I think about it is what are the sub skills that truly show that you're a collaborative person? So, for example, one of them in my mind is our ability to listen and stay open and receptive, especially when we disagree with others. And so if you take just the listening part, just to be concrete in the example, I can think of three levels of listening and uh, mm -hmm. the second and third levels are better than level one. And so the first level of listening is I am 
listening to you and what you're saying, but it's all about me, me, me. So I take yeah. everything that you say and think about how does that relate to me? And then I turn the conversation into something that is important to mm. me. That's very different than more the <laughs> athlete uh, type level of listening where you are focused on the person who's speaking to you. And so you're not focusing on the me, 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 but you're focusing on the speaker. And so you're getting curious, asking questions about what they're saying, trying to really understand the context that surrounds their statement, the emotions behind it, the motives. That's really the athlete level listening. And so you can take every single skill that makes us better collaborators and score yourself, if you will, and see what is it that you can improve on that particular skill. Yeah, I think that it's interesting because I do think that we have actually, you know, your reference back to the me, me, me form of listening. I love that because I do think we've actually somewhat evolved into a culture um, that is very focused on that ourselves. Um, and, and I do think we've stepped away from our abilities to be open and receptive to other points of view. And I think the only way for us to evolve as individuals, um, as well as organizations, is to have those different thought processes. And it's not to say that you're in agreement with, with um, someone's opinion, but, but to be open and willing to listen to it, I think is a really f important first step and one that I think that um, you know, we're not as good at today as perhaps we have been in the past. That, that, that's just sort of my opinion on that. I also, I also like, Brian, that there is this kind of almost gut check for yourself where if you yeah. find yourself always making it about you, it almost, you can right. almost look at it and say, oh, I, I need to change that. There's almost that, mm -hmm. that warning mm -hmm. sign, if you will. Yeah, I, I, I agree, John. I think that's an important piece. But so, so Francesca, since we are calling this a skill, um, I guess it also implies that we can learn it or build it or get better at it. Mm -hmm. So do you have any recommendations or approaches or strategies that we can use sort of to build this skill? And of course, we're open to approaches that will help us do this remotely. Yeah. Um, since, you know, many of us don't have the abilities to be face to face with people and are working from home these days. So and any thoughts on that? I'll give you a couple of examples. One is the one on listening, since we just talked about it. Yep. After reviewing this the three different levels of listening, I find myself having a different level of awareness where I feel this urge of intervening or interrupting or just chiming in in a conversation. And I think I've learned to pause. I think about mm. that a lot, especially when I have a <laughs> very strong opinion. At some point many years ago, uh, as a Christmas present, I bought for my husband and myself an eight-week-long course in improv comedy, which was supposed <laughs> to be something funny, ended up being something that my husband hated at first but came to love later on. But one of the exercises that we worked on a lot was all about listening. And so you had to have this back and forth, building a story with a partner. And the only rule was 
that you start the sentence with the last word in whatever their last sentence was. So you, you got to listen. And I discovered that I often maybe listen to half of what the other person is saying, or maybe two thirds, because I'm getting ready to talk rather than being really there to understand. And so that level of awareness creates this pause where I feel the urge to intervene, interrupt, to jump in. And now I find myself really at least trying to actively listen uh, and be more open to hearing what other people are saying. So that I think is something that if we pay attention with a heightened level of awareness because we talked about it, uh, people can in fact improve on. The other one for me comes back to this ability to engage with people who have differing opinions, hmm. this willingness to engage with disagreements. This is an area where my colleagues and I have done quite a bit of work. And what we looked at is feature of the language that we use. So think about a topic you two disagree on and how easy it is to, when you feel that the other side is saying something that you disagree with, to just fight them or get on the defensive. Maybe you don't have these experiences. I have plenty of them <laughs> in my own personal and work life. It's just very easy. You sort of roll up your sleeves and you get into this mode of wanting to prove the other person wrong. And what we found instead is that in collaboration, we can engage in this moment disagreements more productively by coming in with receptivity. And so our language is more one that shows appreciation for the fact that there is a different perspective. Again, you're not agreeing with the person, but you're showing appreciation. Mm. So you might say, thank you. And then because, and then you spell out why, what you've learned by talking to the other side, and then you add your claim. So rather than say, I'm a hundred percent sure this is the way to go. You say one way to proceed is X. And what we found is that receptivity is captured through features of the language that we use and that in fact it helps us turn a conflict into productive tensions and productive conversations hmm. Hmm. I, I, well brian I, I mean how much do you i have know to you're say? like you're like chomping at <laughs> well the you know here. and you know why i didn't do it because ironically she was talking about interrupting and i wanted to fucking interrupt i was like i gotta interrupt i was like francesca what we're talking about is on our we did another podcast called culture shock and as part of it we brought in an improv teacher and we did an improv um kind of an audio improv class because to to find the connections between improv and business and all the things that you can learn, including listening and failure and all, all these things. In fact, it worked so well that during the pandemic, Brian, you guys were doing virtual. We did it virtually. Classes. Yeah. 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 And, and what's really, uh, and I'll build on it, build on it even further, um, Francesca, when you were just talking about even um, listening to people and accepting their views and whatever, one of the things you learn in improv is the, is the, uh, that there was an exercise called yes and mm -hmm. which is all about yes and and then you go to your you go to your your point of view so it's a way of agreeing and and saying to someone yes i hear you but <laughs> you can kind of at that point go with your own you know your own uh opinion on that but i i uh, brian what were you <laughs> were you dying to jump in 
Yeah, I am the same thing. I mean, and, and I love that because I think the pause is so important because we're so quick to respond. Mm -hmm. And I love that that the response, especially when it comes to a collaborative environment, you're if you just give others an opportunity to provide feedback and not be so focused on just what your response is going to be, I think that's another opportunity for us to learn and get those varying differences of opinion um, that we're all striving for. I, I will tell you that I also love the engage with people who are different yep. and then add your claim um, at sort of the end. I, I think that that is such an important factor. You know, we are so programmed today to receive information that aligns with the way in which we're thinking. And mm -hmm. we don't spend enough time challenging or listening and being willing to and open to listening to different perspectives. So yeah. um, I just, I, I love both of those. Um, and I, I love that we've tackled one already, John. Maybe maybe the other one that we, you know, need need to challenge is, is maybe, you know, we do pull people on that are, you know, have completely different opinions from yeah. us on a topic and just give examples of, of how to listen to that and acknowledge it, um, not necessarily needing to agree, but to acknowledge and then sort of add your claim in there. I, I, lo I love both of those. Well, the beauty as well, too, Brian, is, and Francesca, you'll appreciate this, one of the episodes we just did recently was on critical thinking. And mm -hmm. a big part of critical thinking is sitting down and talking to people with differing viewpoints. Yeah. That's what you have to do. Yeah. So Curiosity. Um, yep. But it's difficult, right? Because mm -hmm. oh, yeah. <laughs> I mm -hmm. always say difference is uncomfortable. I don't know about you. I love when people are just nodding their heads and showing me how much they agree with me. And so I think the mindset needs to be different. One of the mantras that I think I learned from improv comedy classes is this idea that curiosity and judgment can't coexist. I think that's so profound. When you have an Good idea point. that is different from mine, I don't judge it. It's like the yes and, I get curious. Mm -hmm. Why is it that a person who's as committed as I am to this project or task or mission has such a different perspective on the issue? And then you ask questions. So, so curiosity and judgment can't coexist. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Francesca, you know, we earlier we talked about how being a good collaborator has has benefits kind of across the board, right? For the team, for the organization, even for the individual. But let's let's say there's someone on our team or in our organization who just isn't a good collaborator, which you know could actually be it could actually be hurting the company or or even the projects that the team is working on. How would you recommend we we navigate that? I always love to give people the benefit of the doubt and go in and with curiosity, try to understand why that might be the case. Maybe the person is not showing their collaborative side because of things that I'm doing or because they're not really passionate about the work. And there what helps is having a conversation which is again hard. I think that we all grew up with the thinking that either we are honest when we talk to each other or that we are kind, <laughs> but people can do both, especially in moments that are difficult. And so in a situation like this one, I would go in thinking that 
you're being honest if your perspective is that the person at least in the way you experience them is not being very collaborative bring that forward but do so in a respectful way and i think that opening ourselves up to the possibility of something of learning something that we don't know might be really powerful so that's what i would do yeah that's great advice it's great advice, but it's also interesting because I think the natural reaction, if you're in an environment where members are meant to be collaborative and someone isn't being collaborative, the initial reaction is, well, what's wrong with that person? Why aren't they doing it? But to take that view of what is it potentially that I'm doing that's not allowing them to be as collaborative as we want yeah. is also a very different approach than I think most people would take when they're presented with with that type of a situation and it requires also for us to keep the goal in mind like i had especially during the pandemic i'm going to give you a personal example where i might engage in a what became a heated disagreement or conflict <laughs> with my husband and you maybe started the conversation because you wanted to decide what activities the kids should be signing up for. And then you find yourself almost offending the other person or without the almost offending the other person by saying something that you know is gonna hurt them. And I look back to conversations like that, thinking that as we were talking, we just lost the sight of the goal for having that conversation or that the goal mm. shifted on us. And somehow, right, right. <laughs> even <laughs> if we clearly, I clearly want to have a good relationship with my husband, I was saying things that I then later regretted. And so I find that similarly at work, sometimes we just lose sight of the goal for why we are working together, why we're having a conversations and that reminding ourselves of that goal can keep us on track and <laughs> let yeah. us not say things that we might later regret. No, Francesca, this, this was fantastic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on and doing this with us. It was such a pleasure. Okay, so I hope all of you out there listening enjoyed this one as well. And, you know, if you want to do some collaborating, by all means, feel free to do so and start doing it by joining the conversation. Be sure to use the comment section. Um, I think three things for me to take away from this is make an effort to listen, take a moment to pause, and don't lose sight of the end goal. We'll be back with another episode soon. Thanks for listening, everyone.